Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. I, I see the look on your face, Jeremy. Don't worry. I emailed my sound guy. No. I just got to wait for him to send me the clip so I can insert your name into the open. No. I promise you I'll have it for next week. No, I was just thinking about Brooks Jensen's hand. <laughs> oh, that poor bastard. I don't care about that guy. Like WWE is not doing that man any favors with, with the segments that they are constantly putting him in. Yeah. The, the dating thing was silly. I get and it. He's a virgin. All right. And now he's got the left hand warming up in the bullpen. Like, he, all right. We get now it. He needs to go to Costco to get a uh, family size crate of lotion for eight to 12 weeks. Yeah. There is. Yeah. Look, that was NXT in a nutshell today. Was that a pun? A lot of a lot of masturbation. <laughs> nutshell, was that a pun? We're off to a roaring start here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Look, there was a look, last night's last night's NXT 2.0 is is just NXT 2.0 in a microcosm, right? And in a nutshell, it is a lot of good, a lot of bad. And a lot of randomness. And that's just what we get from a lot of these backstage segments. And I kind of wish that they would steer away from the sophomoric masturbation, horny, whatever the hell they're trying to go for every now and again. <laughs> even those even those angles with like Wendy Chu, who did her absolute best, and she's adorable in a shark onesie on the beach, right? Like uh e- even that, I'm just sitting here, I'm like. This is a waste of TV time. Like her and, her and Roxanne are really good together, though. They are good together. They are, but like your sunburn, you're 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 stealing something straight out of Final Destination. By the way, oh you, yeah, that was sunburn. Uh, Mandy Rose, right? I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if Final Destination was trending on Twitter earlier tonight. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, to be completely honest with you, but the, there's. So many random things that we could sit down there and, and, and bog down and complain about on this show. But again, this is what NXT 2.0 is now. WWE is going to throw a lot of shit against the wall, see what works, see what sticks. I don't know why the masturbation with what's his name? You know, Joey Left Hand. What what the heck's his name again? Brooks, uh, Brooks Jensen. Jensen. Brooks Jensen. Names, whatever the hell they're called, right? What? Whatever they're doing with them, I wish they would find a different direction for that man. Can he just indie single now, right? Like, can she like can he just get laid and we like seriously? Are we supposed to pop? Like, is that the end of his arc? Is he finally gets some and now he's over with the crowd? Is that the end of his story arc? I don't know. I don't know. We still have did just by bringing that up at the top of the show. We, we still have eight to 12 weeks of masturbation to get through first before we can get laid. So. Holy God. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that anymore. We will be talking about Braun Breaker retaining his NST championship last night. We will be talking about Cameron Grimes retaining his North American championship. To the moon. Hell of a match. I mean, I think the show peaked at the beginning last night. And that's not a knock on anything else that happened on the show. Although, as we've discussed, some of it was just pretty putrid television. I think the matches but, overall were good. It was all the skits that were so campy. It was like it was like uh, Disney Channel for teenagers that are too horny. <laughs> it's yeah, it, it, it was like a lot of this is like American pie humor. And I don't mean like the good american pie i'm talking about like the the straight to home versions well, well, of american well, pie well safer than a tube sock <sighs> i haven't watched the actual american there was pie one skit. maybe it doesn't hold up i don't there know there was one skit that was good well There's we'll dive skit. into that we'll dive into that We'll talk more about NXT 2.0 as as a whole, as a lot of people I've been seeing on Twitter have been talking about 
you know, just not being able to get invested in the brand. And we got a lot more that we're going to dive into as well. But first things first, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online, the continued number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures bet on the Bengals to win the super bowl and don't forget this weekend is the run for the roses it is on at the kentucky derby bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs including live betting in your favorite vegas casino and poker games super easy to get started head on over to the website today use your mobile device to join use our promo code believe that is b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts also if you guys are tuning in today thank you so much if you have not subscribed please do so also head on over to my twitter feed at rick uccino and check out my pinned tweet it's gonna look something like this all right that's what you're gonna want to look for money all right Money. subscribe retweet follow the host here on this channel and boom you are registered to win two tickets to money in the bank july 2nd in viva las vegas no travel or, or hotel included in this you get to vegas we'll get you in the door we will get you inside allegiance stadium for money in the bank you can watch cody rhodes capture the briefcase and route to winning that wwe universal championship at SummerSlam. Again, this is my pin tweet. Go on, check it out. We're going to be doing this all month long to go ahead and get registered. The most important thing, retweet my pin tweet, subscribe to Believe in Pro Wrestling, and follow all three hosts here on this channel, and you are registered to go. The winner will be selected on June 2nd, so if you win, you'll have a full month uh, to figure out uh, your travel plans and, and all of that good jazz. All right, Jeremy, let's start here. Braun Breaker retaining the NXT Championship over Bray. Well, I am sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry over Joe Gacy uh, last night. And, like, seriously, the match was okay. A couple of rough spots here or there. But, my goodness, it could not have been more apparent what they were trying to do with Joe Gacy last night from the him sitting on the rope and doing that whole bending backwards thing that Bray used to do, except Bray used to actually like do the full crab and Joe used the ropes to kind of help him out. They talked about how he's becoming a master of fear. He's using a lot of the same uh, body language and power moves as Bray Wyatt. And I'm sitting, I'm like, are we really, is this, is this like really what we're going for here with this like cult leader type stuff that Joe Gacy's been spouting? For the last yeah. few weeks and now we're starting to see this in the ring are we really are we really trying really? to recreate this like am i the only one who saw this i i know i saw i saw the i saw the turnbuckle thing uh i don't know a lot of this is uh bray wyatt in a nutshell with everything he's done a lot of it is old bray wyatt with uh yes. the, the cape fear thing there's a lot of bray wyatt in this that's inspired and maybe he's inspired by Bray Wyatt. Maybe he took the imitation a little too far tonight, but there's been a lot of that ever since he's debuted in NXT 2.0. Um, I thought the match was pretty good. I, I, Gacy's a good wrestler, so uh, he definitely was. It definitely was a serviceable title match. It wasn't the best match of the night by far, but uh, it was. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. And it doesn't appear that these these two are done because we did see the red masked hooded figures that were closed yeah. in on on Braun as the show closed out, and they gave us this massive cliffhanger that I guess we'll have to. They've been doing us a lot lately, and the last time they gave us a big cliffhanger, it was just, oh no, we let his dad go. Ah, we were kidding. Everything's fine. We let his dad go. It's a uh, uh, crazy, crazy, crazy kids. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see. I can't even begin to. I can't even begin to think of who that is now with everybody that comes and goes in NXT. I, I was going to say, it, it could be a myriad of people that have now aligned themselves with Joe Gacy, um, the, the next crop of, of NIL talent that they're going to be trying and shuffling in. Look, there's a lot of new talent, right? This Again, this is part of what we're going to be talking about later today uh, with, with, with NXT 2.0. It's going to be very hard for people to get invested in this because there's going to be so many new faces that are coming. We're starting the the women's futures tournament next weekend so we're getting what eight eight new women on the show the only one we've really been introduced to some of them we know if you're like a hardcore wrestling fan some of them we know already but yeah. we've only really been introduced to to roxanne perez well uh, we've had uh well tatum paxley they had that little thing with ivy nile in the diamond mind obviously yeah. fallon 
with uh, Briggs and Jensen, the masturbating guy and uh, the other guy. <laughs> yeah, and she and she's gonna like give the what her contract to her horse or uh yeah or yeah unless yeah. Uh, unless a goat comes out of nowhere and intercepts it and eats it then, then yeah that, that might be yeah. good TV though. I mean, Man, they 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 are just coming up with gold for for all three members of of, of that program there. But there's going to be a lot of fresh faces who are coming in and out. But look, you know who the top level stars are on this brand right now. It is Braun Breaker, and if it's if look, Cameron Grimes is still the North American champion, but still the A plus second level, excuse me, top level second prospect. On this list, 1A, 1B, if it's Braun Breaker, it's still Carmelo Hayes. Uh, those three gentlemen, along with Solo Sokoa, absolutely stole the show to open up that North American title match last night. There were so many times the false finishes were incredible that I thought that that title was changing hands until eventually Cameron Grimes uh, did sneak out a win here. Solo Sokoa getting the pin. This is something that we've talked about multiple times already. I've seen people who agree on Twitter, get that man up on the main roster, get him in the bloodline immediately. I, I don't see much use for him left in NXT. And that's part of the thing, right? If you're ready, you're ready. Let's move him up to the main roster. You can't tell me you don't have anything for Solo Sokoa when his entire family runs the entire main freaking roster. Let's infuse some new blood into that. All right. And let's open up some time for some other of these, these new talents that are going to be coming in. Um, as far as Carmelo Hayes, man, he, I think he's got to be tagged for Braun Breaker sooner rather yeah. than later. And now, yeah. kid, this opens up Cameron Grimes to, to take on some new challengers. Maybe Carmelo Hayes one more time because he wasn't pinned. But overall, this is a great way to open up a show. Yeah, I don't know if I would uh, continue the Grimes and, and uh, Hayes thing. They've been doing it so much. Uh, and, and I think Grimes needs a new direction. He's been very kind of boring, vanilla, and stale ever since he won that title. Obviously, he had something to, to to shoot for in the ladder match with to win it for his father. But ever since he's won that title, he's been very vanilla, not as the interesting character that we know him to be. Um, I don't know who who really you would step up to have uh, next. So you might almost have to put uh, Carmelo Hayes in there again. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, he was uh, very impressive Ooh. tonight. But when you look at the raw, oh god, oh god, it's probably gonna be Von Wagner. Uh, watch it, watch it be Von <laughs> Wagner, and in a program with Karma uh, with uh, Cameron Grimes next. Just watch it. Uh, I would love to see Wesley be in a program with uh, Grimes and end up uh, having a title match there with those two guys. Yeah, I, we didn't see anything out of Wesley tonight. I think he would be a good candidate. Hell, yeah. if you're going to hang on to him, Roddy, Roddy Strong, right? That would be uh, yeah. probably an option that you could do there with uh, with Cameron Grimes as well. Uh, Duke Hudson needs something to do. I mean, you, you got Santos and Tony D who are doing their own thing right now. We'll talk about them coming up here in a little bit. Um, yeah, man, other than that, I don't know who's, who's quite ready. Maybe Zion Quinn, but... Uh, here's the other thing maybe you could get fabian eichner back there doing his own like solo thing and and kind of inject him in with cameron grimes in uh, some uh, way shape or form but i'm wondering if he was one of the guys under the hood uh not the direction that i would go with fabian uh he's no. gonna need a new consigliere so no, the, the, uh, maybe the, the I direction pony d but true the direction i would go is a uh, main roster with uh gunther but, well, uh, hey. yeah, that would have just made sense. But, you know, Vin Vinnie Mac is probably like, well, you know, why would I pay three dudes when I can just get the same effect with two dudes? Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that for sure. I'm just wildly speculating as, as you do on this. But regardless, I these three guys tore the house down. I'm not so necessarily thinking they made the wrong choice here, because, again, I think this opens up Carmelo Hayes to go after Braun Breaker, which is something that I think they should do sooner rather than later. Opens up solo to move up to the main roster, which they should have done yesterday at this point. And man, I can't help but think a, a heel turn at some point would be what's needed for, for Cameron Grimes. Yeah. Because you saw like all these dudes were over in this match, but when Cameron won, like the crowd was disappointed. Did you yeah. get that feeling that they were rooting for either solo or, or Carmelo to, to win this match? They were probably expecting either one of those to win. I didn't. I I, I thought the title was going to change uh, uh, hands last night there, uh, so they probably were expecting it. But yeah, and they're probably feeling the same way I have. That just 
he's too vanilla right now. And maybe a heel turn on Wesley would be something that could restart his, uh, the edge that he has. I don't know. Um, that I, I mean, Wesley is a guy right off the top of my head that you could easily do a heel turn on. Um, yeah, I, I think Mello's probably destined for bigger things, and Braun Breaker is probably next. He'll probably be the guy to dethrone Braun Breaker. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm honestly still surprised Braun is even still in NXT, right? That's like- why if you see Mello and Braun get in a program in the next month, I think the writing's going to be on the wall that Braun Breaker's going to be on the main roster come SummerSlam. And again, I, I, I feel like I've said this multiple times already in the, the 15 minutes that we've been on, but it's like, I watch Braun Breaker perform. Are there still things that he could clean up? Yes, absolutely. I watch Carmelo Hayes perform, and I'm going, ain't a lot of holes in that game. That's Not, the reason why he's Shawn Michaels' boy. Right? Like, there's. Th- At what point do you just go, all right, does he really need to win the NXT championship? Nah. Could we use him over on SmackDown, wrestling Ricochet for the Intercontinental title? Yeah. You could really definitely use that. I think he and Trick Williams would inject some some new life and some new blood on the blue brand, right? Yeah. yeah at what I, at what point, if you're WWE, do you start looking at this and going, all right, sometimes you got to call people up to the major leagues before you thought you might be ready for them. Because again, you have so much fresh talent that's coming in. Is it time for WWE to kind of, alter their expectations with NXT 2.0 in a lot of different ways. We'll dive into that right now, shall we? Well, it's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Jeremy, this is something that we talked about yesterday uh, on the post-Raw show with with, with NXT and uh, kind of... I, I saw a lot of people last night, right? A lot of people talking about throughout this show that they really kind of couldn't get into it because they did not know if they could fully invest in the talent that was on the brand. All right. And and that's that's totally understand that. I totally get that. And you look at people like Malcolm Bivens, who were embedded deep in storylines. You look at Persia Parada and you look at Dexter Loomis, who have been heavily featured in storylines. And then all of a sudden, poof, they're gone. It's like it doesn't matter. Right. And we looked at it from the angle of, okay, well, this is WWE now treating this specifically as a developmental brand where the fact of talent's going to come in, they're either going to sink or they're going to swim. And then if they have something for them, great. They're going to move them up to the main roster. If not, they're going to move on. No different than Major League Baseball. With their minor league clubs, all right? You could have a highly touted prospect. Guess what? If they ain't doing anything for you up on the on the in the big league club, if you don't think they're they're hacking it, guess what? They're going to trade you. They're going to release you, let you go and f- to try to get a change of scenery, right? Mm-hmm. So we people were upset with Dakota, uh, the fact that they didn't have anything for Dakota Kai. But I think you could look at it as a situation where you could go, okay, well, they weren't going to use Dakota Kai. They had no plans for her on the main roster. Okay. Why don't we just completely different landscape now? Go ahead and let Dakota Kai go free. If we don't have plans for her, maybe she could be more valuable someplace else and do better for her for herself someplace else. Fit fits AEW's mold a heck of a lot better does Dakota Kai than she does in WWE. So I can understand those kind of moves being made, which is why I don't understand why they're hanging on to Roddy Strong if he did request his release. Mm-hmm. So. Looking at it from that standpoint, yes, I understand why fans are sitting here going, okay, I don't understand if I can invest in this. And I have a perfect case in point, right? Cincinnati Cyclones. Do you, have you ever heard of the Cincinnati Cyclones? They no. Are, is that the uh, rebranding of the Reds because they're, they're, they're so trash this year? No. Oh, okay. No, no. But the Cincinnati Cyclones are an ECHL hockey team. All mm-hmm. right? That is... Double A hockey for those those baseball fans. They uh, are playing in game seven of the opening round of the Kelly Cup. All right. Which is the ECHL version of the Stanley Cup. All right. They're playing in game seven of the opening opening round against the number one seeded Toledo Walleye. I hate that I know this much about ECHL, but I do. I'm actually wearing a Cincinnati Mighty Ducks jersey. This is a debunked uh, franchise. But anyway, so. Well, speaking of defunct franchises, look what I'm wearing. 
<laughs> um, but case in point, right? Before game seven, the goaltender for the Cyclones was called up to the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, and he damn. was supposed to be back in time to play in game seven. It was supposed to be like an emergency thing. But then instead of that, they decide not to send him down to Cincinnati, but to send him down to Rochester. So last night, Cincinnati, I don't know what the final score ended up being. Cincinnati had to play the number one team in the ECHL playoffs without their starting goaltender. You want to know why? Because Cincinnati doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the Buffalo Sabres. They don't care, which is why it is hard for fans to get invested in a minor league product because they know they aren't what actually matters to the major league franchise. So when you sit here and you put on a developmental brand with NXT and you're going to constantly shuffling in new talent and moving up to the main roster, possibly changing uh, their character and this, that, and the other thing, when they do get up there, their name, their music, everything that you could get invested in. If you're sitting here saying, I don't know if I can get fully behind an NXT brand like that. Totally get it. Looking at it from the other standpoint, after that long explanation there that I just rolled down, is it time for WWE to kind of temper their expectations for this brand? I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with what WWE is doing from a business standpoint if the model is to make Raw and SmackDown as successful as possible. But I don't think at the same time they can expect the fans to get fully behind the talent that's in NXT and tune into this show on a regular basis if it's going to be a constantly changing landscape. And that's probably why they're infusing all these main roster talents into NXT, which started with AJ Styles, then came Dolph Ziggler. Now you got Natty. Now you got the Viking Raiders. And it's only gonna it's only gonna increase from here because you're you're gonna see people disappear, like the ones that got fired, and you're gonna see the people get called up, like Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes. Those are gonna be two guys that are gonna you're gonna be on the main roster by the end of the year, probably. Um I don't know what their expectations are, so I don't know if they should temper them or not. I, I don't know. I it that, almost that's the big thing is I don't know because you could sit here and talk about USA. If the ratings aren't good, USA is going to complain, right? Like they're sitting yeah. here saying, Well, hey, we're only getting four hundred, five hundred thousand people who are who are turning in to see this. Is it worth this for us to put this on television anymore? Yeah. But how many people are watching Law, Law and Order in that same time slot? I don't know. To be completely honest with you, I I, I just don't know. Um, though that's cheaper to run, but yes, absolutely, it's one. Now, if it was cheaper. if it was Friends or Big Bang Theory, that's different. They those are syndication juggernauts. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and it's real interesting because that TV deal is not too far around the corner. So you, it makes you wonder if. Uh, if, if eventually NXT goes the way of, uh, next level and it's only on Peacock because I wouldn't be surprised. No, really. I really wouldn't be surprised if they, now that would suck. It would suck for the talent. I think WWE would fight that tooth and nail because getting, learning how to be on television on and being in front of a live televised crowd is invaluable experience for young sports entertainers as but they you, come you the get business. that if you air it live on peacock just like they did back in the day with the network it's no different you're just on usa instead you're probably reaching a broader audience but at the same time uh you know it, it, how expensive is this for usa if it isn't a cost for usa it's not going anywhere because you're probably i don't know i'm just gonna guess you're probably getting two to three hundred thousand on a rerun of something which is what they mainly show uh, during the week. So, yeah. you know, if this, and, and again, the Nielsen rating is antiquated. The brand awareness, the uh, the sponsorships, the social media clicks, though granted, my God, if you look at Twitter right now, NXT was sitting at 25, just 20 minutes after the show ended. NXT has been performing very poor on Twitter recently, but there's still a reach. There's still YouTube. There's still a lot of things that benefit USA by putting them on live Tuesday nights. So as long as the cost is not a burden, I don't think it's going anywhere. But if that TV deal comes around and they feel it is a cost burden, this baby's going right to Peacock. 
And well, and here's the other thing: Raw's not performing great right now, which is like no. disappointing because Raw has actually been the much better show when comparing the two main roster shows. Lately, Raw has yeah. been consistently better uh, pre WrestleMania and especially post WrestleMania. The most watched wrestling television show right now is SmackDown. And when you look at Rampage, Dynamite, Raw, and SmackDown right now, from a strictly creative standpoint, it is the worst show of the four. Even though it still has a bevy of talent that they could be utilizing in a way that can make that show interesting, it still needs an infusion. I'm still waiting for Night Model Management to show up on that screen. I would love it if Solo Sokoa would show yeah. up. I would love it if Carmelo Hayes would show up. And again, tempering expectations means different things, right? I don't think that they can both use this as a developmental brand and still expect it to be successful from a money-making and rating standpoint. I don't think yeah. they can expect it to be a viable third brand because you are going to have these fans in droves who are like, I can't get invested in your product because it's an ever-changing landscape. Yeah, and the I thing. The, yeah, the thing is, we can't go purely off the Nielsen ratings there, but the overall sentiment for NXT 2.0 is it's crap. Uh, it's not a know. good show overall because it's such a hodgepodge of shit. And it's without without and without explanation, Raw and SmackDown seesaw at least two to three times a year on what's the better show. They can never both have good shows, and it's baffling. How that's they, the case. They always overcompensate in the draft. They yeah. always overcompensate. And Fox screwed up. Fox screwed up because they were basically like, look, we want Roman and we want Charlotte and we don't care who else we get. Well, now it's starting to show. And right? now we're getting now we're getting bland. We're getting a bland feud with Ronda Rousey and people are starting to tire of Roman, though it's been the best story told by WWE in the past 10 years. People are starting to get tired of it now. But if you do have that obvious plan of Cody winning in July and cashing in at the end of July, maybe, you know, maybe that, uh, maybe that shakens things up, but we don't know what they're doing with the titles are both going to be on the line. Are they only going to do one is drew going to take the universal and Cody take WWE? We don't know because WWE probably doesn't know. And that's, what's hurting Roman reigns right now is the fact that WWE doesn't know what they want to do with the titles right now. Yeah, and the, look, the the main roster has its issues. NXT 2.0 <clears> definitely <throat> has its issues, but from a grand scheme of things, I understand what WWE is doing with NXT. They are trying to build the next generation of stars. And again, when it comes to expectations, usually in the past, right, the way that they operate is they let these guys develop in the quote-unquote minor leagues for a while until they they deem them ready to come up. But if you are going to go to this recycle in fresh talent, NIL deal, people who are going to constantly coming in and you know, you're going to be recycling dudes every 90 days to six months or whatever it's going to be. I don't think you can afford to keep guys like Braun breaker and Carmelo Hayes down there. If they're ready to go, let them come up to the main roster and, and just go where you're going to get more eyes on them. Cause I don't think you're doing any favors right now by keeping Carmelo Hayes and NXT 2.0. There's not really a whole lot of, like I said, there ain't no holes in his game, man. He don't miss. Yeah, the problem what, what, is with these NIL people, they don't have any experience, and it does. And you can't just get into the ring ninety days later. You, it, it takes two to three. Look at Simone Johnson. How long has she been there? Well, we she's constantly been. She she's had some uh, surgeries yeah. and, and knee injuries and things like that. So uh, there's always but, things going on behind the stages that we don't really know. About. The the things with these nil people is. They can't just come in off the street and be on TV in a couple of days. Braun Breaker is a different thing. He grew up in the business. He's a natural. That's a whole different thing, but he's also not a nil guy. Gable Stevenson, who knows? Is he going to be the next angle? Sure, angle rose up quickly, but let's not forget angle wrestled for like a year before he came to the WWE. So his while his ascension looked fast, he did have some time in the indies before he came up. Gable Stevenson has not had any time in the indies. So you know is he even going to be ready by mania i will he even look good at that time you know that's the thing with these nil people because you can't just come in fresh and be a star in professional wrestling it takes a couple years to get there right but in the case of if you've got guys who are naturals and are ready to go and could help you up on your main roster which again 
is the whole point of doing this system is to build the next crop of young stars for your, your main brand. If they're ready to go, bring them up, man. Help out the main roster right now. If you're a major league baseball team and you're in contention and your top prospect is killing it in AAA and you got an injury or a hole on your roster, guess what you freaking do? You call them up to the main roster. Be damned what the hell's going down in AAA. At the same time, if you have this 90-day improvement model that we've learned about, are you really going to develop a lot of stars that come out of nowhere? You didn't get... I, I, I'm firmly behind the fact that WWE didn't give Parker Parker Bordeaux enough time, and he's a nil guy. They didn't give him enough time, but they said, "Oh, they three didn't do months." Him any favors with the gimmick either? No, but yeah, but yeah, look, three months. Uh, okay, you're out. Uh, they looked at that. He three was there for model. a year. Now he was there for a year, but again, this is going to be again with these NIL people. It's going to be they got so much new talent they don't know what to do with that they feel like you're not cutting it. That's fine. If you need development, they'll keep you there. And by the way, you talk about people you know, need to wrestling people with experience. That's why Dolph Ziggler is going down there. That's why yeah. Natalia is going down there. That's why you're going to constantly be shuffling in these veterans who aren't doing a whole lot on the main roster right now. Look at Dolph Ziggler. He lost the NXT championship. We haven't seen him since. No. Why isn't he still? The, that decision was mind blowing. He should still be the NXT champion. Wrestling oh, yeah. Carmelo Hayes right now oh, instead yeah. of Braun Breaker wrestling Joe Gacy because Braun Breaker should be up on Raw or SmackDown. Yep. Yep. I don't know why they decided to go ahead and get, maybe they just decided, hey, maybe we're might we might be rushing Braun a little bit here, but I at this point, man, let him cut his teeth up on the main roster. I don't know what we're doing there. Um, so this was uh, an interesting episode last night on NXT. Uh. For bad reasons, right? Because we wanted to see how they were going to go about addressing the elephant in the room of Malcolm Bivens no longer being there, how they were going to address Persia Parada and Dexter Loomis no longer being there. Three stars who were heavily involved in storylines in NXT 2.0. And we got kind of a mixed bag. No mention of Malcolm Bivens whatsoever on this show, subtle or otherwise. And then we got kind of this. Very quick, very obvious, very simple little backstage segment between Duke Hudson and Indy Hartwell, where Indy's looking all sad at her at her wedding ring, and Duke comes in and he's standing next to her and he kind of tries to go in and make a move on her, and she's like, "Get the hell out of here." We all knew, right? We all knew they were addressing it. I think that's about as simple and as much as nothing needed to be said. You didn't have to go, oh, my no, poor we know, we, no longer here. We get it. We know. Yeah, We right? know Dexter ran off with Persia. So. Yeah, we, we, we all know what happened. You didn't need to tarnish the, the legacies of these two characters and everything and all the work. You didn't have to sit here and, and ignore it and make us forget that anything that they, these two and those four have done over the last few months ever happened, which is why I think Number two here on the five count, better way to go. No mention of Bivens or the Duke Indy almost moment in the locker room. Which one was better? I'm almost considering Duke <clears throat> and Indy being the way to go here because it was subtle enough, but it was also obvious enough. It addressed the elephant in the room. We all knew what was happened, and they didn't insult their audience by acting like none of what we watched over the last few months actually happened. We know those stars are gone. Now these two can move on. Yeah, I also think they did the exact same thing with Diamond Mind without outright saying it. Roddy came in and said, I'm the leader now. And that's basically saying he got rid of Bivens is kind of the story way. So they kind of backdoor did a way of, of saying he got rid of Bivens with him saying, I'm the leader of Diamond Mind now. Just like it made it obvious that Dexter and Persia ran off together for no reason. But hey, they're fired now, so we got to do it. Um, so... I think they told us what happened without telling us what happened. And I think that's the, honestly the best way to go. And other than, yeah. you know, other than, than Roddy, like just flat out saying, I fired that loser, you know, Malcolm Bivens, which would have pissed off your audience. Yeah. What else are you going to do in that situation? The root, the reports were that there were a lot of producers in WWE NXT that were really, really pissed off at the fact that these three were let go because they were so heavily involved. Yeah, and I think I saw people complaining about 
Bivens not being mentioned or the fact that they didn't flat out mention their names of of Dexter Loomis and and Percy they Farmer. never do what are you, what are you they, expecting they never do on people they fire so, so but so just giving us the subtle little thing right is great so I can yeah. almost look at this both way and say they were fine because other than Roddy saying hey I fired that loser Bivens which would have pissed off a lot of people it was better to say nothing and in the case of of Duke and Indy it was better to just have that quiet little exchange of oh our our significant others are gone but we're still here hey you want to make out no okay cool we'll see you later and now they can move on and do their own thing yeah because if this was on the yeah because nine times out of ten on the main roster they just ignore it with no rhyme or reason so you know at least they they kind of told you without telling you which is a lot better than they do on raw and smackdown when someone gets let go yeah well that's because and this has been told to me by uh, Dutch Mantel himself, uh, Vince's philosophy is pretend like it never happened because Vince apparently thinks he's the showrunner for The Simpsons. Uh, moving on here to number three. I don't know what the hell we watched last night between Santos Escobar, Legado del Fantasma, Tony D and his family and his consig- uh, consigniere and all that shit that went down between the, the, these families. But man, was I invested in everything that was going on. I don't know what kind of business these two are in. I thought they were just in a wrestling company. Apparently, they got some other shit going on on the side, and now they're fighting over territory in NXT. I felt like I was watching like a crossover between Breaking Bad and The Godfather last night. No, it was great. Uh, I don't it was know what great. the hell they were talking about, but I was into it. <laughs> it was great, and it makes a lot of sense. You got you got two mafia like families, one from Mexico, one from Italy, and though the two guys with Tony look like fifteen year old jobbers, I don't. Those guys don't look apart. I don't. I don't get putting he those needs two Fab- guys. He needs Fabian Eichner. Telling you, those two guys do not look the part. Uh, and then we got the cliffhanger, which I thought was actually going to be like a, a Lucha underground killing uh, in the parking lot. I, I didn't realize I didn't expect it to be a kidnapping, which Legato is very famous for. We, I thought it was going to be. We can't, we can't do murder, right? I think it eh. as, Wendy, as Wendy Chu showed us, attempted murder is as far as NXT is willing to push. the line. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I was expecting a Lucha underground murder in that parking lot, much like. Hey, Santos Escobar came from Lucha Underground. Yeah. It was King Cuerno. So uh, I-, I was expected a murder. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. What- but hey, it's a cliffhanger. I thought it was an interesting sit down. I liked all of it. Question here, uh, number three on the five count. Is this the most compelling television in all of NXT 2.0? Is this what you're most invested in right now? Is well, Tony D and Santos Escobar? <clears throat> Man. Well, it's a lot better than masturbation for eight to 12 weeks. <laughs> That's a cut. I'm just pulling that out. Uh, all right. So he just said, pull out. <laughs> uh, it, it's better than the Disney channel stuff oh. we got, though. It's nice watching toxic attraction frolic around the beach in their bikinis. Uh, it, it's better writing than what we got, though. I love Wendy Chu and her and Roxanne are great together. Yeah. Of all the sidebar crap we got tonight, this is the best sidebar crap of all of it. Because that bar is pretty low with everything else that was done tonight. Yeah. Again, I kind of just wish I knew what they were like. They're talking about breaking up territories and this, that, and the other thing. Anybody who's watched a mob movie knows what that means. But what does that mean in NXT? What does that mean in professional wrestling? I don't know. I don't know what it is that they were actually fighting over. I guess that's my only thing. They're fighting over NXT itself, the entity of nxt which are they family, stockholders can we which, just dive which, into what exactly it is they're fighting which, over which family is the dawn of nxt you can't have one empire you can't have more than one empire you know so which one is that which one is it okay that makes at least a little bit more sense definitely yeah. compels me though I'm, I'm definitely gonna go with this uh one thing i wanted to ask jeremy um on our regular show you did help uh, fill in uh, yesterday on the post raw show and i think we were both excited of the fact that finn balor right 
ahead of backlash this weekend was getting involved with AJ Styles and Edge and Damian Priest. And we both looked at this and went, oh, we smell a swerve a coming, right? We we expect a uh, Finn Balor, especially with Damian Priest being barred from ringside to be the next inductee into Judgment Day. He's going to end up turning on AJ Styles this coming mm-hmm. Sunday and, and joining the group. And both of us love the idea of putting Finn Balor with Damian Priest and Edge. I don't think we actually stop to talk about whether or not that move makes sense. Is it a logistical move for WWE to do? And I saw some people talking on Twitter saying that that move would not make a ton of sense because we weren't the only ones who connected those dots. So I'll ask it here now. Would Finn Balor turning on AJ Styles actually make sense from a storyline standpoint on Sunday? It does because of two things. And I said one of them last night. Vince ain't going to run with a Bullet Club storyline. He didn't come up with it. Two, these two guys were the alphas of the Bullet Club in their time in the Bullet Club. So Finn sees AJ as a knockoff of him because Finn was the original leader of the Bullet Club. So to me, it makes complete sense to turn on AJ and join Judgment Day because Judgment Day is completely different. It's not a leader, so to speak. Edge, yeah, maybe he's the leader, but do you see do you see Damian Priest, you know, have to answer to Edge really? It, it, it's not equals, but it's not a complete leader situation if you know what I mean. Um it makes sense to me just because I don't think Finn trusts AJ, so he's going to take the first shot. And where else do you go to have backup for that than Damian Priest and Edge? Yeah, so for me, uh, I, I don't even think it's that complicated. Yes, no, they're, gonna, they're not going to run with a Bullet Club storyline, right, because Vince didn't come up with it. And I think even on their YouTube segment, they cut out the the two suite that the gentleman did. Did they? Uh, on the middle uh, of the ring. At least, at least that's what I, I read. I mean, I'm surprised they had Balor Club merchandise and had the Good Brothers for a while. And I'm surprised they went with it that much back a few years back. But yeah. yeah. For me, I look at this as a very simple storyline with, Finn Balor. It has nothing to do with Bullet Club. It has nothing to do with AJ Styles. It has nothing to do with the fact that Damian Priest has been beating him up like a ragdoll for the last few months. So why would he join up with Damian Priest and Edge? Because Finn Balor's tired of getting his ass kicked. His He had this glorious run in NXT where he was the champ. He was on top of his game. He was the best that he had ever been since before he won the Universal Championship all the way back in 2016. He was back to being the prince. He was great. And then all of a sudden, he comes back up to the main roster. And what happens? The demon goes up against Roman Reigns. The damn top turnbuckle breaks out from under him. He gets beat by Roman Reigns uh, at Extreme Rules. And then it has just been a, a, a constant battle to try and find solid footing whether it's been on SmackDown, he gets drafted over to Monday Night Raw. Yeah, he wins the United States Championship, but then he doesn't even get on WrestleMania. It ties in perfectly with Edge and Damian Priest, who are two guys who believe that they are better than where they currently are in their careers, who believe that together they can excel and get to where they need to be and where they deserve to be in the company. And the same thing is going to go down with Finn Balor. He's going to look at this and go, I'm better than where I'm at. I should be on top of the world with these guys. I should still be United States champion. I should be WWE Universal champion. I should be getting. I should be booked on freaking WrestleMania. And that's why he's going to align himself with Edge because he feels like Edge can help him get to where he should be in his career. And that's what makes this uh, Judgment Day faction unique because Edge is not going to wrestle every day, every week, every pay-per-view even. No. So he's a player coach. He's a player coach. That's where there's room for Finn to be the guy in this group because there's not that dictatorship thing. This is a guy and a guy and then another guy in Damian Priest that saw what Edge saw and aligned himself with him. Edge is not controlling Priest. Priest is working for himself. But still, you know, you got your back there. So it's it's not a total I'm the leader. I'm bossing you guys around. You do my bidding. If you don't, you're going to get kicked out. It ain't it ain't like that with Judgment Day, at least from what we've saw so so far before. So Finn, so Finn could be the top guy in Judgment Day by turning on AJ. 
Potentially, yes. I think that also could be Damian Priest as well. I wouldn't be mad if they actually keep this group together for a while because, and this is something that SP3 has brought up, because I brought up something similar with next year, not knowing how much longer Edge has in the tank, having Edge and Damian Priest kind of be the match at WrestleMania next year and put Damian over in a big way and solidify him as a, as a top single star. That would be the end game with this group. But as SP3 rightly brought up, when I said that is, all WWE ever does is put groups together to break them up. How many times reportedly have they tried to break up RK bro already? And that is their most over act on Monday night raw right now. Yeah. The last, I mean... the last five women's tag team champions broke up after they lost the titles. Like WWE loves to break up factions and loves to break up tag teams. Hell the one group that they've never been able to break up. They just decided to say, screw it, and we're going to put you on separate brands in the new day yeah. for two years. Yeah. So, and, and what do you consider the greatest faction in the past 10 years in WWE? New day. Okay. What about what else comes to mind? Uh, for the last 10 years? Yeah. Undisputed Era, I think, uh, deserves some credit there. I mean, Bloodline, obviously, with what they've done over the last two years. Uh, I feel like there's a, a huge white whale that I'm missing, though. The shield. Oh, yeah, that would be the one. How long did they last? They only lasted less than three years. Yeah. And they're, yeah, it, WWE doesn't invest in long-term stables like they should, where AEW has already built that. I mean, Dark Order's been there since the beginning. Jurassic Express, though, unfortunately, they didn't re-sign Marco. And ah, uh, Christian's going to turn heel at any minute now um you know aew is the anti-wwe all they are tag teams and factions yeah they're the anti the both of those guys could could both those companies could use some leveling out i i think but aew's roster is so stacked that they decided to to put like remember when danhausen came in and they just basically were like oh hey we're gonna put you with the best friends because that makes sense now all of a sudden we might be getting hookhausen hell yeah hookhausen give Give it to me put it in my veins very nice very evil yeah yes speaking of aew uh, news broke uh, yesterday that they are looking into a new show. No, not a wrestling show. Reality show. That is going to be very, very similar to Roads to the Top. Hmm. I'm wondering, Jeremy, why would they need a replacement for Roads to the Top? Uh, but this would basically be following the performers, you know, behind the scenes and showing them, you know, their everyday lives and on the road travels and trying to win championships and this, that, and the other thing, you got to shit with a blah, blah. So at the end of the day, it's a what total divas level, like reality show for, for the AEW locker room. And then they have a list of names, AEW friends and enemies fight to the finish to the match road to the belt, breakout, all access, the climb on the ropes, uprise, and then grit and glory, which by the way, WWE literally used that name in a segment on the bump with Samoa Joe. So maybe like take that one off the list. I don't uh, know if WWE still owns it, but regardless, the fifth, the fifth question here on the five count to close out. Do you like the idea of a new AEW reality show? Will you actually watch this damn thing? And, and what would you name it? I do because I think it's going to be a mixture of being the elite and some uh, uh, various people's blog- vlogs like Sammy Guevara, Ethan Page are a couple of the best ones out there uh, where you, 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 you see behind the curtain. Hey, I just named it AEW behind the curtain because if you, <clears throat> if you look at this list of names, this looks like four different types of shows. This doesn't look like a name for the same type of show. I mean, <clears throat> so I, I I I don't know where they're going with this because it feels like a couple of these are wrestling based, a couple of these are backstories, a couple of these are backstage stuff, a couple of these are let's look at some younger talent. Uh, you know, <clears throat> there's not a focus with all those names, so I don't know what kind of show they're actually going to give us. So if they're going to give us something like Rose to the Top without maybe some of the you know scripted reality show stuff well, that's the thing man all reality tv is scripted yeah because you have to have conflict right you have to have conflict you have to have something happening nobody wants to watch a reality tv show about my life right 
because all I do is watch television and cook dinner for my kids. Like <laughs> that's not going to get ratings. It's yeah. a controversy, controversy driven business, as Becky Lynch would say. Right. Well, so, so maybe they make it like BTE and uh, show backstage stuff. But and then just I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a, but I mean, I'm always all for any kind of beyond the behind the curtain type of deal no matter what the wrestling company is. I'm pretty sure I'd check it out just like I did Rose to the Top, and there were parts of Rose to the Top that I liked, but at the end of the day, it's going to be another reality show to me. It was a lower, yeah, it was a lower rate Miz and Mrs. It was not as good. I can't like, watch Miz and Mrs. either. Like, the road, yeah, the I think roads, I've watched like, two episodes. The roads part of things, when they go away from the business, wasn't that interesting to me uh, compared to what Miz and Mrs. does. Miz and Mrs. does. Um, when they did behind the scenes stuff at the arena and things that and, and included other wrestlers, I thought that part was cool on Roads to the Top, but some of the other stuff just wasn't interesting to me at all. Yeah, this ain't for me. Uh, but then again, not everything is for everybody. And Miz and Mrs. still does a hell of an audience, right? Like reality TV shows still do good, good numbers. And those pull in different people, and that's what they're trying to do is pull in a different right, exactly. segment of the pull in a different segment of the crowd to try to eventually convert them to Wednesdays and Fridays. Yes. What'll be interesting is when this thing kicks off, what does better ratings? Oh. It's going to be on Tuesday nights going up against NXT 2.0. So it's, I was be- wondering if I thought you were going to put it against rampage. No. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening to all 51 minutes of this half hour podcast. Tomorrow, 7 a.m., myself, SP3 returns, breakdown, AEW Dynamite. We'll have a new Ring of Honor Women's Champion, Diana Perrazzo, Mercedes Martinez, duking it out tonight. Looking forward to the show tonight. We'll be breaking that all down. And then on Friday, 7 a.m., WrestleMania Backlash Prediction Show with Sean Rossap from Fightful Select. Make sure to tune into that. Oh, and by the way, I, I got another interview dropping this week ahead of WrestleMania Backlash. Keep an eye out on my Twitter feed, and uh, you'll you'll figure out who Ooh. and when that Ooh. will be dropping on the channel because I don't know yet. I'm trying to figure out the best time to actually drop this thing. Uh, also, by the way, yes, check out the pinned tweet at Ricky Chino. Enter tickets, money in the bank. We'll get you in the building. You get to the city, we'll get you in the building. Appreciate you guys. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.